You're listening to a True Name Theatre production. Humane by Polly Creed. Episode 4. Protests in the small Essex port of Brightlingsea have now reached the 30th day. This isn't an ordinary town. This is Brightlingsea. We're determined. 60th day. There have been broken ribs. Three months. None arrests and two casualties. One hundred days since the protests began. We're not giving up. Not without a fight, we're not. We've been here every single day for the last three months. We wake up at four, five a.m. There are reports protesters are now diversifying tactics. We're doing whatever it takes. We've been out here every day for four months. They've got to start listening to what we want. An eight-year-old woman from Brightingsea in Essex has chained herself to a drain in an act of protest against live animal exports taking place in the small seaside port. Every day we're out here. Residents of Brightingsea in Essex woke up today to find a graffitied sheep painted along the main stretch of road into the town. Local activists have claimed credit. I have no idea who did, but even if I did, I wouldn't bleeding well tell you, would I? We ain't gonna stop. Protesters in the little town of Brightlingsea, Essex in England have today been protesting against live animal exports. Protesters range in age between babies and 95 years old. Over to Arnie to tell us more. Arnie, what's it like out there in Essex, England? The police have continued their overuse of force. Today, several people have been injured, including a woman in her 70s. 82% of them are women. 81% have never protested before. 73% are aged between 41 and 70. 71% are local residents. 38% are retired. A senior police officer said that he had never seen such diverse, dedicated and articulate opposition to a single issue. No. We have no plans of stopping. Not until the exports all stop. Not until Richard Culver closes down his disgusting operation. Hello? Hello? Is this the sexiest animal rights activist in Brightlingsea? Mark! Oh, sorry, wrong number. (laughs) Very funny. I'm so happy you rang. I was just thinking about you, actually. How you doing? Yeah, all right, thanks. Not much happening here. Lots of hanging about, to be honest, waiting to hear where they want us to go. Oh, yeah? How about you? Sounds like you're very busy these days. Oh, just trying to sort out the kitchen before your mum gets back and has a fit. Oh, well, tell me more. I'm very sexy, I know. I meant to say I'm having a bath or lying naked on the bed or something. Well, I wouldn't mind. Oh, God, I can't remember the last time I had a bath. I'm lucky if I can fit in a five-minute shower at the moment. You should see me. I look such a mess. My hair's so greasy, I... But I look like a seal or something. <laughs> oi, oi. Shut it, I've been baking all these cakes with the march and the kitchen currently looks like a bomb's hit it or something. <laughs> and how are the kids? Well, they're good. Lewis has become obsessed with opening cupboards and pulling everything out. It's driving your mum mad. <laughs> oh, God. I bet she's being a right pain. Well, as long as he hasn't found the best china yet. Oh, yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> I can't believe I'm not there, that I'm missing it all. They miss you too, you know. We all do. Oh, come off it. Danny hasn't even met me yet. Yeah, but I'm sure she knows, in a way, you know, that someone's missing. She needs her daddy, don't she? She'll know you soon, though. You'll be back soon with all of us. I hope so. Oh, wait. They're both asleep right now, but um, I'll put the phone to them. Can you hear them breathing? 
<laughs> Danny is a bit of a snorer, I'm afraid. The midwife says she should be on her back, but she just won't settle like that. Oh, I wonder where she gets that from. Hey, I haven't <laughs> snored in ages, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. You mean I'm not there to tell you that you snore? Oh, right, wisecrack. Oh, I can't wait for you to meet her. Yeah, I just wish I was there to do this early bit. I'll never get it back, will I? This time, just with you all. I know, I know, it, it's so hard. L listen, I'm really sorry, Mark, but I've got to go. I've said to Alice I'd finish all these cakes and a press release, and I've got an interview with a reporter at 6pm. Press release? Interview? Look at you, Lind. Is this my wife I'm talking to, or Christiane Amonpour? Uh, Christina, uh, listen, I'm sorry to rush off. I'll call you later, OK? You said that last, Addy. Oh, no, sorry. It's been so hectic this week. I, I promise, though, I really promise I'll call you soon and we'll have a proper chat. Don't worry, it's all right. Just call when you can, OK? Thanks, Mark. I love you, babes. I love you too. Now, go off and do your thing. Thanks. I'm, I'm proud of you, Linda. Well, now he's gone all soppy. I mean it, though. Well, thank you. Bye, love. Bye-bye. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's good to see you all here gathered for the open-air service. We're here from the local churches in Brightlingsea. Let us pray. God, our Heavenly Father, we pray for all involved in this conflict, for the animal welfare strand, for the would-be exporters, for the drivers and the police, that together this conflict might be resolved with credit to mankind. We pray to Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends and everyone keep asking me why I'm so into the protests and everything. They think it's mental that I spend my whole time helping Mrs MacDonald with it all, while I spend my lunch break going door to door. But I guess it's because their lives aren't as weird as mine. They can just go home and watch telly and forget about the real world. A few of their mums and dads are divorced, but that's about it. But for me, it's like, more important. All these people joining together to do something. Something really good, you know? Means I don't have to think about the shit in my life for a bit anyway. It's MS. That's what Dad's got. He was diagnosed ages ago, before I was born. Like, when I was younger, he used to have these things where it would go away for ages and then come back. They call it relapses and remissions. Like, he would go through phases when he was basically back to usual and could work and everything. But then, like, a year or two ago, it really hit and just got, like, worse and worse. I speak to my mum a bit, mainly on the phone, and she comes, like, once every couple of weeks, but... Like, Dad, like, he's fine with me, but when he first started to go downhill he got sort of like pent up or something like especially about not being able to find his words and like not being able to feed himself and all of that he just got like so frustrated and I think he took it out on mum he just started snapping and like once or twice he kind of oh like it makes him sound like he's a violent man but honestly he wasn't like that at all he was so gentle he was a social worker like, everything he did was about caring for other people. But yeah, 
sitting in a chair all day, like slowly losing everything, control over your muscles and everything, would drive anyone batshit. So anyway, mum had to get out, like it wasn't good for any of us. It's actually kind of easier now with just dad and me. Like, he doesn't mind me doing things for him as much for some reason. Mrs MacDonald is the only one who knows about any of it. Some of the other teachers, they wouldn't want to know anyway. They just want an easy life, don't they? I guess that's natural. They have their own crap. But to be honest, she sort of found out by accident anyway. She found out because she came round to deliver some flyers, but really I think that was an excuse. I think she could tell something was up. We walk into the sitting room and I watch her closely. I can tell she's trying not to put a face on or anything at the smell, but she sort of does this weird fake smile. Like, so obvious. I know, because all the nurses do the same smile. I see her looking at the stains on the cream carpet, and then at Dad sitting in the armchair. I look at him too. There are cushions arranged around his neck to try and support it, but it's still sort of drooping to one side. There's sort of dried food crusted round his lips from his last meal. I quickly go to wipe it off. And like you can see in his eyes that he's watching us both and his lips and his fingers twitch a bit like he wants to say something but he obviously just can't get there. And like honestly, I feel like my face is burning and I can't look at Mrs MacDonald so I just start spraying this air freshener everywhere. Pine fresh. And it smells minging but I can't stop myself and it's making my eyes well up. I look away because I don't want my art teacher to think I'm crying or anything. She helped us get this really good social worker, Julie. And since then she's sort of been looking out for me, getting me to help with the protests and all of that. I think she knows I need to get out of the house, have some other adults to talk to and stuff. So, yeah, I I guess the protests, they mean more to me than most people. They're sort of my lifeline. It's July. The protests have been going on almost every day for six months now. And I'm sitting on the lounge floor in my house, baking in the heat, trying to sort through photographs of a march the kids did to go with the latest press release. But my mind is drifting. I can't focus. I know any second now, Michael will be home from college. I move things around, not thinking of anything. Just listening. Waiting. Michael, is that you? Yeah, of course it's me. Who else would it be? I don't know, I was just asking. How was your day? Did the test go all right? Yeah, fine. What sort of stuff came up? Dunno, just like normal stuff, all right. But you were able to answer it? Yeah. Uh, Michael? I'm speaking to you. Michael? What? You can't just walk off like that when I'm speaking to you. I'm tired, Mum. I don't feel like running through every little detail, okay? Well, yes, I don't care if you don't feel like it. It's incredibly rude. I was asking how your day was. Will you just stop nagging me? I just walked through the door. I am not nagging you. I'm simply asking you politely. Will you just get off my back for one minute? I've been at college all day and the first thing I hear is you shouting at me. Well, guess what? I don't want to be shouting at you either. Oh, my God. Just leave me alone for one second, all right? This is hard on me too, you know, seeing you like this. Not knowing what's going on. 
Well, maybe if you just gave me a bit of space. I'm almost 18, you know. Almost. Not yet. We used to be so close. You used to tell me everything. Now it's... Well, it's your fault for being so intense all the time. I can't put my business the whole time, breathing down my neck over every tiny little thing, like I'm some little kid. Well, what do you want me to be like then? I just can't stand this anymore, the silence, this wall between us. You coming in and trudging off to your room, eating meals in silence, pushing your food around your plate. I, I can't take it any longer. I'm trying so hard. But I feel like I'm losing you. You've got to let me in. Please. Is it college? The work? Your friends? A girl? A, a boy? Oh, my God, Mum. Just stop being so cringe. You think you're so, like, down with the kids or something? But it's embarrassing, all right? <gasps> well, I don't know. What's going on? Please, Michael. I can't take much more of this. Neither can I. I'm going out. What do you mean you're going out? Where? Out. You can't just go out like that. I've made dinner. I've... Michael! Michael! Come back here immediately! Michael! row with Beverly the other day as well. What happened? Oh, well, it sounds like a really little thing, but she basically took Lewis to get his hair cut, and I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it was his first ever haircut, and I was so looking forward to taking him, and she took him without asking me when I was out at the protests. Oh, no, that's completely out of order. Yeah, and I know it's silly, but I have this little box, and I collect all his first milestones... His first pair of shoes, his first handprints, and I have these little velvet bags, one for his first tooth and one for his first lock of hair cut off. And now I don't have anything to put in it, and I know she only did it to make a point anyway, making out that I'm a bad mother, that I hadn't noticed how long his hair had got. God, it's so tough. Different generations living on top of each other like that. That's fine most of the time. I'm hardly at home these days, am I? Still, it's not natural, is it? You need your own space. You've got a life too, you know. I'm really glad I met you, Alice. Stop it. I'm blushing. <laughs> no, I mean it. I really do. I don't know what I would have done without you these last few months. I was so low when I met you. Honestly, I've never felt like that before. And now everything's so much better. So full, you know. I'm really glad I met you too. You're a good friend, Alice. We do so many great stunts. A funeral procession to mark a hundred days, getting up in the middle of the night and painting sheep all along the road into town. You go and get your photos developed at the chemist and the next day those pictures are in the paper. Alice and I start to talk nearly every night on the phone. We talk about the protests and all the stuff we're planning, but well, we also begin to talk much, much more about other stuff too. I like talking to Linda. At times it can be frustrating. Alice, 
Alice, have you seen that photo they took of us in the papers? I'm not being funny, but I think I look like an egg. She flusters and rambles, not listening and just saying the first thing that comes into her head. She speaks breathlessly with no commas or full stops. Every word runs into the next. Oh, God, it's Bev again. You'll never believe what she's only gone and done this time. But for some reason, I love talking to her. Maybe because she doesn't have any sort of filter, I find that I don't have to either. I can say things to her that I wouldn't dare say to anyone else. She has this innocence, this naivety, and it's freeing, to be honest. Michael, her babies, the protest. It's like we're a little team. You have been listening to Humane by Polly Creed. Alice was played by Marcia Leckie. Linda, Francesca Isherwood. Bev, Louise Jameson. Michael, Esmond Cole. Beryl, Margaret Ashley. M, Rose Reed. Mark, Luke Barton. Ralph, Graham Seed. Other parts were played by members of the cast. Sound design by David Rucroft. Music by Ting Ying Dong. Director, Imogen Wyatt Corner. Producer, John Ainsworth. This audio production of Humane is dedicated to the memory of Betty Blower. <laughs>